0: welcome everyone to uh, the lead generation world podcast my name is Michael Furry. Um we've got a, a great show today we're gonna start diving into our uh, UK uh, marketplace and talking with different companies and experts uh, leading up to our lead generation show in London uh, which is taking place in October um, if you're if you're new to uh, this podcast um, we really try to bring on um, industry experts and and talk about you know just Uh, the general industry and what's happening and um, really help uh, you as a listener sort of navigate The lead generation ecosystem, which is our mission. So, um, as I just said, we're going to be coming to uh, the UK. We're going to be in London in October uh, seventeenth through the nineteenth, and we're going to have content focused on not only generating leads and best practices, but also what do brands and advertisers do after they bought the lead or they generated the lead on their own? What are the best practices on how to work those leads? So, generating leads all the way through sale is what we're going to be uh, discussing at Lead Generation World. So. it's really um, a great opportunity. If you're a a lead generator, if you're a um, lead buyer or advertiser, if you're a service provider, uh, to come to uh, London in October and come together and really help provide more transparency and trust to the marketplace so that uh, we can all grow. So um, we've actually got a um, a great guest today. We've got Alan Desmere from Contact State. Um, this is really cool because I, I feel we don't do a lot of promo, um, you know, uh, of companies, um, but this is an important i think uh company that's going to help bring transparency and trust uh to the u k market so we've got Alan to talk about contact state and uh, what he's doing and um, his experience within lead generation so um without any further ado uh let's go ahead and bring Alan in and start talking. All right, everybody, welcome to uh, Lead Generation World Podcast. I've got Alan Desmier here from Contact State uh, joining me today. He's um, out there in the UK. Where, whereabouts are you, Alan? I'm in North London. North London, okay, perfect. So you're, you're going to be right down, uh, actually right up the street from where we're having our conference in October, um, which is at 155 Bishopgate. I don't know if you, are you familiar with that location over yeah. there?
1: I, 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 um, I don't know what's it called it's on
0: liverpool it's uh it's an etc dot venues it's a uh, really great um venue um on uh, called 155 bishop gate i think it's on liverpool uh,
1: yeah liverpool street yeah, yeah that, i mean that, that's that, that's very very close that's in the in the middle of the city i'm, I'm not i'm not a million miles away i'm not bit by um arsenal football club for, ah got for, it yeah yep so, well, more- um
0: yeah, well we're big Arsenal fans over here. Uh my son is a big uh football fan. And so um being on the west coast of the United States, that means we're up at, you know, five thirty, six thirty in the morning watching football as soon as we wake up. But um welcome to the uh to to the podcast. I really appreciate you uh joining. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to bring you on one because we're, we're really going to be doing a lot of stuff in the UK here over the next eight months, but also because you got some really cool stuff working with your company contact state. Um, and I want to dive into all those sorts of things. But before um, we get started, um, I kind of just want to go through a little bit of a history. You actually um, worked with a, a US-based company called Leadpoint, which was a lead, gener- uh, a lead marketplace, would you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is sort of back in mid-2000s. Um, it was Mark Diana, who came out of um, lower my bills, yeah, and set up Lead Point and did well in the UK, and then set up a London office, and and that's how I sort of I guess met met um, met those guys. Um, I joined a guy called Nick Chapman who was who was the MD in London, and then spent really the next four years going sort of back and forth to. LA, um, where they were based, but also you know the various conferences in 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 America. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm pretty well versed in um, US lead gen and, and 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 everything that goes with that.
0: Yeah. So uh, what were you doing before LeadPoint? Out of curiosity.
1: But before LeadPoint, I was um, I was doing a number of things. I was doing I guess more broader PR and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So and then really. Uh, got introduced this idea of of lead gen and, and direct response media and, and and everything that goes with that and thought well look this is clearly this is clearly where the future is let's 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 find a way to to be involved in this sector and that's what led me to lead point um, yeah
0: yeah and that was two thousand seven so take me back to two thousand seven with legion gen in in the UK market was it um, how was it accepted and was it understood because even two thousand seven you know here you know, it was relatively fresh in the u.S-based market for, for leads and mortgage leads. How, how was yeah. it accepted there?
1: Well Well, it's interesting because, look, I joined Lead Point at pretty much the time that the economy was crashing, right? Yeah. So I joined Leadpoint and pretty much the next week uh, Lehman Brothers was was closing um, in the uk and, and, and everything that goes with that. I guess, US-based mortgage subprime crisis. So I guess I joined at what was quite a tail end and probably quite a telling time. You know, yeah. There were you know, subprime mortgage leads, for example, that were trading at hundreds of pounds. And that probably gives an indication of what was going wrong, both with the financial services sector, yeah. but also with the legal sector. And so I think, look, it was still a world where affiliates were still very much in play. It was a world where I think... Um, uh, you know, it was still a lot more niche than it than it than it certainly is now, and it was to, by and large restricted to financial services. You know, we didn't have we hadn't had the the education and, and various things. But but look, I think uh, as a world, it was it was still rapidly growing, and it was still you know a lot of the main players had still yet to really show themselves.
0: Yeah. So was it uh, then? Because I, I know LeadPoint was mainly focused on mortgage leads. I presume that was the same um uh in the uk efforts as well
1: it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't i think there was a fundamental difference between the way in which the uk and the us model worked when the us model was um a multi-cell model certainly that's what i was used to at, uh, at, at Lee yeah and that was just not going to work for the uk model so i think Lee Point and mark diana and, and those guys were the first sort of see there were probably some cultural differences uh, between what was going to work between the US and the UK model. And that was, it was fascinating to be a front seat at uh, some of those cultural disagreements, right? Oh, yeah. well, why do you do it like this? Why don't you do it like this? And then taking those guys to go and see UK mortgage buyers and setting them saying, look, we're absolutely not going to buy shared leads. Um, and so I think that was probably an interesting time to see it. I, I think from a more uh, general perspective, what became quick, what became apparent quite quickly was that the uk was going to be far more focused on health insurance and life insurance and and, and 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 to a certain extent it is um because there aren't the sort of nationwide big mortgage buyers that you have in the us it's a very different more um segmented more fractured market where you've got 20 30000 independent mortgage brokers who are all buying one legal two leads and i guess that's why the lead point model began to work here because of the postcode filtering and stuff that had been so successful already in the US for so long.
0: Yeah. Now, where is it at today with regards to shared leads? Now, 13 years later, um, it was sort of, like you said, um, rejected to some extent to have a, a lead that was going to be sold multiple times to, you know, to different banks. Um, where is it today? And what's the um, you know, perception of that uh, shared model today?
1: So I think it's 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 very different in non finance leads. So yeah. things like tradesmen, um, things like home improvements, things like solar panels, um, that stuff is 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 ex- sort of more generally accepted, and that's largely been pioneered by a business called MVF Global. Uh-huh. Um, they were they're probably the they're probably the standout UK success story of lead gen. Um, and they focus their time on, on non-financial on the financial it's still very much single and and even more so I think you know we're probably going to talk about some of the some of the problems that this sector has faced but I think because of a series of double sold and fraudulent leads that have gone on, I think the sector has now withdrawn even more into this individual model and and certainly stricter regulation is making that so here so yeah that's not going to change anytime soon but I think the non-financial model, perhaps some of the education stuff, you know, they're they're, they're on a shared lead.
0: Yeah, and, and and listen, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, you know, no matter where you are, you know, have, buying an exclusive lead is always something that's um, preferred versus competing against you know other companies yeah. um, when it, when it comes to purchasing a lead or an inquiry. Um, so, I, I, you know, I get it. I totally understand. I think, we, you know, there's companies all over that really want to um, generate their own leads or buy exclusive leads. Yeah. Um, so, so you, so that was, like I said, you know, 13 years ago, or, you know, I think your, your last year at LeadPoint was in 2011. Yeah. Um, take me, take me from, you know, LeadPoint now to, you know, con- contact uh, state, which you just founded, um, what, 10 months ago?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So look, I, I think I came out of that experience with uh lead point and thought this, this affiliate model is not going to work. It's not going to work to have 50 affiliates doing whatever the hell they like on a landing page that you can't see. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to change this to a far more, I guess, regulated, um, and a far more sort of, um, consistent offering. And so with a business partner back in 2012, we, we founded a business called Efinity Leads. And, and, and the, 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 the general, the general um, I guess, summary of that business was that we were going in as the first directly authorized or regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK um, business. We were, we were doing things properly. And so we were unashamedly going to take less of a margin. We were unashamedly going to share you know, our, 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 our landing pages and we were just going to, um, you know, to, 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 to that phrase, we, we were going to pro- do things properly. And I think what came out of that quite quickly was there was a real appetite for this sort of regulated, non-affiliate-based model. Um, and so we grew that. Um, we bootstrapped it so we took no investment. We, we, we grew that um, lead by lead, really, client by client, and some really deep client relationships. And then business um, came along to acquire us in 2016, a business called Finanzin, uh, based out of Berlin. Um, they were looking to expand their sort of reach. They wanted to uh, purchase a business in the UK, and so the timing was good for me and my business partner. And we decided, look, this is the this is the time for us to you know for us to, to sell. So sold that business to them, um, and and then and then served a the two year earnout, and then moved yeah. on. I think an observation that I'd make. And I think this is almost exactly true right now. Really, all my, all through my career, the US has probably been between eighteen and two years ahead of the UK in terms of um, techniques, in terms of technology, in terms of to a certain extent regulation. GDPR was probably a slight change of that, but yeah, um, I'd say the UK is probably two years in front of Germany. You know, um, and that and that's interesting because those guys. Um, the businesses that acquired us uh, were a very successful, are a very successful business. They managed to swallow the majority of the market, that German market, and so they they put together a sort of almost lead point style dominance over the sector. But to give you an example, you know they still got things like organic search going on in in a in a meaningful sense. Um, so um, it was a fantastic experience because I got to sit on a on a board uh, of businesses from France to Switzerland. Um, and of course, of course, our own business in the UK uh, and see how that evolved. So you know, that was, that was, that was my experience yeah. there. And, um, uh, yeah, that's interesting.
0: You, know. you, you, uh, you, you sort of touched on something I kind of, I'm curious to, um, talk about because, you know, one of the things that, um, lead generation, the community, no matter worldwide, <clears throat> there's always, um, a level of, unfortunately, distrust between, um, the lead buyers and the lead sellers on another hand. Um, and, and that's because there's some, you know, lack of transparency. Usually a lot of times as a lead buyer, whether, you know, no matter what you're buying, you don't know exactly how that leads being generated. Um, who's being, you know, who's generating it and all this sorts of stuff um, you touched on, you know, the affiliates and, and you guys doing it uh, at the time um, all internally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, uh, so, so is the affiliate sort of marketplace still, um, a viable place for people to, to generate quality leads or is it really, um, uh, sort of the wild, wild West as we say here?
1: No, I mean, there are some brilliant, what, what, what you and I would call affiliates in the UK. Um, but these people don't use that term anymore <laughs> for, right. for specific reasons right like yeah. the affiliates the guys that are one and two people or three people you know um who are generating leads the guys that are doing properly have have changed you know they've gone and got themselves fca regulated they've gone and you know uh, b- sort of uh, constructed a piece of technology that allows them to buy or sell leads or they've used a business like for example LeadBite, which is a you know a, a business that uh, allows affiliates to root it's their leads, view, yeah. um, you know, and so I, I'll give you a good example. There's a business, uh, a, a gentleman called Ryan Berry. Um, he runs a business called Cornerhouse Media. Now, you know, he's not doing thousands of leads, quite the opposite, but actually he probably runs one of the most sophisticated um, affiliate businesses. Uh, you know, he's not, he's not syndicating. His, he's doing all his own search and all his own um, generation. But he's only he's only a, a, a smaller business, and so I think what I'm the, the point I'm trying to make there is the guys who want to do things properly are not selling to blind networks, right? right? They went out and got themselves regulated. They went out and got a bit of investment in their technology, and now they're standing on their own two feet. And say, look, we're not an affiliate. We're a we're a petite boutique, boutique lead generation business that can drive you leads. And these guys are looking for buyers, and so I think that's the that's the difference in the, where the model's gone. It's not not about you know lots of blind leads being sent where no one knows where they're coming from anymore yeah it's more about well hey mr buyer you know what is it you're after um and like here's my suite of lead generation tools and, and what can we do
0: yeah and and that that's you know it's with lead generation world we'll, you know with the conference what we try to do is bring you know really good companies that are finding looking for buyers and the buyers to, uh, to the show as well because my next question is, like, how, how do you recommend a buyer, a lead buyer, no matter what, what type of lead it is that they're looking to generate for their own business, how do they find those companies that are doing the right thing, and how do they identify them? What's your recommendation on that?
1: Well, I mean, this is, I mean, this is one of the things, I think, uh, you know, the business that, that I now run, a business called Contact State, um, I think one of the massive frustrations I had selling leads for more than 10 years was that you would, do, you would try and do a good job for clients, and you do it in a regulated way, which was protected them and you. And then you'd go on to, you know, SEMrush or Adbeat or similar web, and you'd see what your competitors are doing, and you just think, well, how, this, there's nowhere I can compete with this incentivized advert, this native advert that's generating 500 leads a minute or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and you can see how the consumer's being driven across but they're also undercutting me on, on price as well. And so I think you know, one of the things, one of the reasons that I set up Contact State is exactly that, is to give um, buyers an insight into well, where are your lead's coming from, what do the adverts look like, show me your privacy policies. Because I think more and more um, the ICO, which is the data regulator in the UK, is making buyers liable for, for the adverts that lead generation has yeah. run. So yeah. It's no longer acceptable to go out there and say, hey, look, I want 200 leads. Can you just send them to me you know, in an email or whatever? So, uh, so the, the job that we do is we essentially, um, we allow a buyer to see what the landing page of uh, where the lead has come from looks like at the moment that the lead was generated. Um, and we then capture privacy policies in terms of use so that should a consumer come through and say, well, hey, look, I've no idea how I've ended up with you, uh, the buyer can say, well, look, here's the contact state certificate. Let me show you, you know, what's going on here and, and, and let's see whether actually someone has sent your details in. And I think this is in response to working with a number of buyers who would say to me, Alan, look, we've been sold the same lead seven times through three different networks. Or, you know, and yeah. this it struck me as such a, such a basic and fundamental problem with our industry. I decided, look, it's time to fix it. And it's time to do it in a way in which, you know, this system can't be cheated. Um, and so you set a new level of regulation for everyone, you know, buyers and sellers to say, look, this is now the standard that a lead is, is. It's my general view. I think it's my general view of the way that data privacy is going to go in the next two years. You know, consumers are going to demand to know exactly where you're putting their details. They're going to demand to know, well, you're giving me a call. I don't remember making an application. Show me the receipt. Show me the receipt of how you've got my details so I know. And I think that's, I guess that's what we're driving at and what we're trying to solve.
0: Yeah, and and back to, you know, the regulations, it's like you can't just bury your head in the sand and when a regulator comes around and goes, hey, this, you know, consumer complained um, and we want to find out where they got it. And you just go, I don't know. They're going to expect you to know what's going on. Otherwise, you're liable for it. Um, Listen, you can't just you say pretend you, say you don't you say
1: know. You say can't. you can't do that. But that is 95% of the way that UK lead gen runs right now, right? Like 95% of the market have no idea where the leads are coming from. Yeah. And I guess one of the things that I've, you know, I've written about and I've talked about, there are a couple of big marquee finds in, U- in the UK in the last year. $100 million for the Marriott Group of hotels, $150 million for British Airways. Uh, and these were quite basic data breaches. It wasn't actually even anything as sinister as people's details being resold. They were actually just basic data breaches. And it's my contention that I think very soon there's going to be a significant investigation into, you know, well, misleading adverts on Taboola or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Someone, uses a, someone uses a a phrase for a life insurance advert that can't be backed up. And the regulator's gonna say, all right, well, let's find out who's buying these leads and who's generating these leads. So I think there's a real danger. Yeah. Of, this sector receiving a fine. And so, you know, part of our work is to work with buyers to ensure that they can scrutinize every journey.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, and having the right disclaimers on the page, not just the adverts, but the, the disclaimers on the page for GDPR and, and all those other uh, regulations that are, are going to allow you to call or text somebody. You know, if those aren't on there, uh, you know, you, you have a real problem.
1: But I, I don't want to be too down on the sector, actually, because there, there are. You know, as, as, as you're going to find out, there are hundreds of really innovative lead generation businesses in the UK yeah. who are customer focused, who are trying to do the best thing for, for the buyer and, and for the consumer. There are, you know, there's some really innovative technology and technological leaps that have gone on in the last few years, especially. Um, and it's just about giving these guys a way to work with legitimate buyers and giving the legitimate buyers a way to say, well, actually... I want to work with that those four guys rather than these people who I don't know where the leads come from
0: yeah, well, I think this is extremely important uh for the growth of um the lead generation industry um in the u k <clears throat> We've had something similar in the u s it's it's no different where um you know uh, lead buyers are are responsible for the data and the actions that your partners are doing. And it's really important that you you have something like contact state in place. But um, moreover, you, you know, you can't just avoid, I don't think it's recommended to just avoid uh, lead generation partners because you have to leverage each other to be able to scale and to really grow. A, 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 a brand or an advertiser can't do it all on their, their own. There's a reason why there are experts lead generates, whether it's email, organic search, paid search, display, whatever it is um, that they're really, really good at. And being able to leverage those guys generate leads into your system is extremely important um, to be able to scale. So having contact state or something in place where you can really validate that, okay, these partners that I'm bringing on are doing the right things and I'm safe and the, is, is extremely important for the growth of the, uh, the industry.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree. And, and look, the probably the the biggest factor that, you know is, is cost right like if you're a if you're a life insurance business you know you can't necessarily, you don't necessarily want to go and you know employ seven people to run to run your your, your acquisition campaigns it's, sure it makes no. sense to partner with skilled marketeers who understand direct response media and understand how to generate new customers i mean this just makes yeah. sense um, yeah. so um, yeah
0: so you're, you're um... Uh, six, eight, seven, eight months into contact state, how is yeah. the adoption coming along and, and sort of where's your efforts? Are you working with um, the lead, lead uh, sellers, the lead generators to add this code? Or are you working with the lead buyers to um, sort of have them sort of push upstream and have that added to all their
1: partners pages as a requirement? Yeah, abs- look, it, we're doing both. It doesn't work uh, as top-down. Right? It doesn't work as purely like, hey, look, this is what you are doing. Um, and it doesn't work as a, as a seller tool either. So what we're doing is working with, with both sides. So I've spent in the last, certainly, three or four months actively, actively meeting the best lead generation guys out there. We don't, we charge the buyer we're a SaaS product, right? So we all our costs are with the buyer and, and that gives me a great deal of freedom to go out and meet really brilliant lead gen businesses. Cause what I'm offering them is, you know, introduction into legitimate buyers. Yeah. I think on, on the, and, and look, and, and that's why I can speak with confidence when I say there are a number of brilliant businesses who generate leads because a lot of these guys are finding me and saying, look, and telling me the story and telling me the story, like we're suffering from competitors who are undercutting us on native. How do we validate ourselves and move us over and over and above that chain? So that's the seller part. I think the buyer part, like it's more of a natural fit. You know, we're working with a number of buyers who are, you know, a concerned about compliance and regulation and want to ensure that every customer, they, speak to has a certificate so that they can properly understand where that lead has come from. That's that's crucial. But we're also doing a whole range of other stuff. We've just completed a major tender for a buyer who wanted to retender their uh, multi-million pound lead gen budget and said, so, look, we want to start again. Um, can you come and help us and and run and, a and run a and run, a, and run, a, and run a, a tender process? Which we did and it was it was really fantastic to see lead generation be taken as seriously as you know offline advertising or PR where those guys are you know um I expected to pitch for business on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and really this was from my first experience in PR and advertising was I thought well can we apply that model of you know pitching and proposal and really trying to think about what the buyer needs can we apply that 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 theory to Mm -hmm. a the lineup where a number of buyers compete for business and it's going really, really well. And we're getting some really good results. So, um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's really exciting. I'm really encouraged by the, the, the the traction that we're making.
0: So tell me how, how, so just a little bit more detail on how, um, you know, a code's placed on a website. It's, it's, it's recording the events that are taking place on uh, the page Uh where that is. Um, a lead buyer can then, um, uh, they get a, uh, I, I'm guessing, some type of identification um, number with the lead or, or or certificate that they can go look into uh, on your platform. How does it how does it sort of work from a mechanical standpoint?
1: So we've got two three lines of JavaScript on the landing page of the sellers, and and, and we're very transparent with the sellers about how that works. You know, we're not interested in their keywords. We're not interested in their um, their, their marketing um, you know secrets. What we're doing is we're recording what the landing page looked like the moment the consumer applied. Um, What we do is we hash out all the data. We're not interested in storing any data. So we hold no personal data. So data, all personal data is hashed out. And and all we can see is a series of uh, numerical codes, numerical and and, and alphabetical codes that translate into what that that hashed piece of code is. What we're looking for is patterns. So we're looking for patterns of fraud. We're looking for the same name again and again. We're looking for... For for obscene data, um, and what the seller does is that as the lead passes through, the seller generates generates a, a certificate, and that certificate is then passed with the lead, and that certificate tells the buyer has this been accepted or has it been has it been questioned for a compliance reason, um, and so if for example a, a lead generator tries to pass a lead without the certificate, the lead will automatically fail because they can't see whether where the, what's it it's an actual physical public-facing certificate. So the consumer uh, can see this as well. So they can share the certificate with the consumer and say, well, look, you applied here, and this is when you applied. Um, and if you didn't apply, then we should talk more seriously about what's going on, and maybe you should speak to the police about, you know, is someone trying to impersonate you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, to so, so the buyer, to the buyer, they get a series of certificates uh, attached to everyone. And, and then we've got, we built a whole reporting suite that lets buyers see, um, you know, where is there any are there any specific problems with sellers? Are they generating more certificates? Are any old leads being pushed through? That's a that's a classic one. Yep. Certainly for my life insurance partners, what we work with is um what's called a cancellation, a clawback report. So we 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 integrate with their CRM and we put flags next to sellers that have a very high cancellation rate. It's clearly a very important part of maintaining lead generation is, is if the if a, if a seller is remarketing to that data and the, the data is in cancelling, then the buyer wants to know about that. Um, and so to a certain extent, we work with the buyer's own feedback and the buyer's own um, requirements. Um, but for the seller, as I've already said, you know, we, we make numerous introductions every single day because we, we're working with the buyers and the buyers say, look, Alan, do you know anyone that, that that you think we should speak to, and so for us, it's a real it's a real win win for the seller because if the seller runs our, our our JavaScript, then they get introductions to a whole range of buyers, and well, as we've already yeah. said. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, listen, it, it as a as once a lead buyer myself for a mortgage company, it was always hard to identify, you know, what companies were doing the right things, um, which ones uh, are going to send you good quality leads. Um, after, before spending thousands of dollars when you to find out that uh this was all you know these were all bad or 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 the lead generator wasn't doing what he was saying now frankly all they have to do is identify some lead sellers that are you know using contact state or whatever it may be to um, prove um, and be relatively transparent now 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 I don't have to you know worry quite as as much so as a lead seller I'm thinking um, <clears throat> which I, which I spent many years doing as well was, uh, which is, is, a problem too, because now you're trying to sell against these fraudulent, uh, lead lead generators as well that are saying the same thing you are, unfortunately, yeah. um, yeah. but they're not doing the same thing. Well, now you can identify say, Hey, I'm, I'm using contact state, which prove outright proves that I'm being transparent and open yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's good for, I mean, were- it's good for everybody.
1: Look, there, there's been some fun conversations over the past six months yeah. of buyers saying to sellers, "We want you to use the complex date," and them saying, "Absolutely not. You <laughs> no, we're no. not using this. Uh, and then the conversation is, "Why?" And you know, without fail, it's 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 because they don't you know, want to reveal what's actually going on. Um, yeah, so that's a you know, we well, have to work carefully with, yeah. with 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 the market. But I mean, uh, you know, I've had no one I respect say to me no, I'm not, I'm not using this because it's, there's nothing, we're not capturing data. We're not, you know, yeah. um, but there have been a number of tough conversations with people who said, well, I've worked with this seller for a number of years. Um, but you know, we can see they're running seven different sites incentivized traffic or whatever it is. So I think it's, it's a bit of a day of reckoning. And that's why I think, you know, we tend to work carefully and choose buyers carefully because it doesn't work in small measures. You know, you've got to be committed to the process, and you've got to be committed to saying, "Well, look, we are open for business with people that are doing the right thing." Yeah. Um, if you still want to buy from, you know, that that small affiliate that's always sent you sort of good traffic, but you're not sure where it's coming from, it's probably not going to work. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, well, so, and and and, they,
0: and and some of the lead sellers legitimately, you know, maybe have a little concern because, hey, listen, this is their. This is their proprietary absolutely. secret sauce to some extent, and, and they don't want, you know, for fear that that's going to get out, and you know, so you kind of understand that to some extent, absolutely. but
1: absolutely, yeah. Oh, look, look elephant in the room, uh, uh, Michael. The um, you know, I've sold leads for twelve years. Uh, I've made you know, I've made a living from selling leads. So when I pop up and say, "Hey, look, uh, Mr. Leads, <laughs> can I can I know everything about your business?" that you know they're genuinely very you know very very concerned and uh, we you know we have it in our contracts we you know not only we know we're going to sell leads again but we're just we're just not involved in that in that process because yeah. um we, you know we are unashamedly trying to create a legitimate place for uh, people to come and buy quality leads and if you, you know, if you want to do dodgy things then we're probably not the place for you i mean both buyer and seller right like yeah. that's that's fine and, and there are going to be businesses that don't want to work with me and, and that's fine you know but i think um my aim is to set a a new bar for where lead generation should be um and um and, yeah. and, and the customer the consumer is going to be the person that, that really wins out of that because when we're going to put an end to this practice of you know incentivize lead gen and an into this practice of of double selling, you know, so much of it goes on. Our people sell books of data and move it on, you know, we're going to stop that. And I think that's, that's what we're trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's great. Um, now you touched on one thing and I'm curious, uh, uh, earlier you said, um, if you know, you touched on maybe a a tad of fraud, but uh, of of people filling out a form in a fraudulent way, it could be a bot or whatever it is, but this isn't, this is not a, uh, fraud detection, Platform. This is just an identification of what happened, right? I mean, your your context state doesn't identify whether necessarily the lead was filled out by some rogue IPs in another country, or and was no filled up by a bot.
1: Yeah, no. So so sorry, I I just lost you slightly there, but 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 I I think I got the whole question. Um, we we are identifying um both IPs and and browser and session and and browser sessions, so we can tell if a bot. Has filled in, and we did some of that actually today. Actually, someone got hit with a load of leads overnight, and then we were able to quite clearly pull out the leads that had been entered via a specific device. Um, they'd gone to the effort of masking their IP, but because the device was the same, we were able to put it all together and pull them out of the via CRM. So we do, we do, we, we are, um, we are detecting um, IP. We're detecting um, um, uh, session, uh, the browser session and we're detecting the actual device that's being used. Now, that's all hashed out, no use to us. We can't tell any, we don't know who it is. Um, but what we're able to say is if, if there's a pattern of fraudulent behavior, uh, you know, look, you know all about it, right? You've, you've generated leads, you know, you know, leads being generated on a Friday evening and being pushed through on a Monday morning, right? Or, or, or leads uh, suddenly quick succession on a Tuesday at 7.35, um, that's just inside the filter. You know, this yeah. stuff happens, um, and so what we've done is we've built a series of alerts that tells a buyer when it's happening. We can't stop it. And we wouldn't, you know, we always say to people, you know, we're not a reject platform. We help you pull it out um, and, and work out what's going on. And we help you build trends. Over time, you know, if the same seller is sending you the same pattern of bizarre, no contacts, you know, um, that's, that's, that's when we get involved. The business is called Contact State quite specifically because of, the declining contact rate in the lead generation industry you know when i started it was 85% you'd speak to 85% of leads and and they you know now now most buyers are lucky to speak to 50% and that's not just that's not just the fact that the consumer mindset slightly changed there's a lot of other rubbish that's going into you know you know misleading landing pages or old data being pushed through and so the the, the principle that i work to is that if a buyer can speak to 85% or 100% of leads, they're going to stand a much, much better chance of making those leads work. So everything mm-hmm. we do is to you know, help a buyer identify which sellers are producing the most contactable leads. And then within that, you give them, a, give them a, a process to identify who's doing things compliantly. I've got a, vi- a view of the way that you know insurance and mortgage will go. Was that right now, if you go and get a life insurance, Uh, policy and say hey look this is what I'm after they'll ask you to fill in a medical and you'll say look I've never smoked so I drink a bit and then it'll go to the insurer the product and then it'll go to the underwriter and the underwriter will say yeah I like the look of it or no I don't my view and the way I think data is going to go is that very soon the underwriter will say sure now tell me what advert this customer saw and what landing page this customer saw and what guarantees do we have over the Terms of conditions and the privacy policy they sign. Because guess what, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna insure this customer until I know that those things are in line. Because I don't want a liability. Right? I think that's the way that I see, you know, data privacy going um, uh, far more of a structured medical view um, rather than oh look, we've got this piece of data, you know, now we're gonna sell a policy to it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and, and it's, and it, 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 you know, another analogy is like buying a used car, right. Uh, you know, and and not knowing all the different issues that happen with that car before you, you buy it. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, that's interesting though that you, you uh, um, the contact rate um, has declined so much. And I'm, I'm actually surprised to hear it was ever that high, frankly. Um, but uh, you know, it's, there's so many things that are, taking place and how leads are generated, what they're seeing, like you said, um, and then just the consumer change of how they like to be contacted over the last 10 to 15 years have, have changed dramatically. I think less and less people are picking up the phone if they don't know the phone number and all that sort of stuff. And so um, text messaging and different messaging apps are, are becoming more important. But, um, you know, that's, that's really interesting. Hopefully, um, you know, and, and we don't, and generally on podcasts that we do here, we don't do a lot of uh, promotion of necessarily companies, but with lead generation world, I'm really trying to bring best practices and um, helping companies be more successful. Companies like Contact State are really key to um, you know propelling and being a catalyst to growth in this industry and, and bringing trust and market. So, um, with that said, how does how does someone you know reach out to you to find out more about Contact State and and get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, of course. Well, either either from my um, either from my LinkedIn um, uh, um, or um dot com, and then just come straight through to me via there. And, and look, I'd be delighted to have a conversation. You know, whether whether it's UK or European or US, you know, we are we are we work with clients all over all over the place. And I think, you know, if I may, I think the, the work, we've never had a UK lead generation conference and. I've been, you know, I've been to lead, you know, all the lead conferences in the US. And I think it's I think what you're trying to achieve is laudable because I think for too often, it's the same sort of objectives that I have, too often lead gen has existed in silos, sort of backroom deals and 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 actually look, this is just lead gen is simply a function of marketing. It's simply yeah. a function of advertising. And I think, you know, I think we're both trying to professionalize it in a way in which, you know, hey, look, someone comes to your conference they can find out who's generating leads. Um, and I think the more transparent, the more open we can make it, the, 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 the easier it is to combat these sort of, you know, private networks where people aren't sure what they're buying. And that's good for the consumer. And I think, you know, from a, from an ICO standpoint and an SCA standpoint, this is what they want to see. They want to see more transparency. So I think the timing of lead generation world is, is good.
0: Great. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're, What we try to do is provide, you know, transparency. So bringing the market together, um, not just how do you generate leads or how do you identify lead buy our sellers but also what do you do after you get a lead you know how do you contact it how do you be successful with um competing with somebody that's out there shopping online um how do you close that lead because frankly a lot of buyers you know think that just buying a lead and calling it is enough but there's a whole lot of processes that need to take place to be successful too so um we're gonna have guys like you at the show, uh, to talk, uh, you know, um, hopefully about, you know, transparency and all the different things that are happening. Um, but also we'll have, um, some, some companies that will be there to talk about how to work leads and be successful. So I'm excited for it. I hope we can really provide, um, some growth to the industry and the companies that are going to be a part of it. But, um, you know, I will, um, you know, continue to, uh, help you guys out at contact state, because like I said already, I think it's really, really important, uh, for the industry. And if anybody wants to reach out, I'll have, uh, Alan's name up on here in a minute and they'll could reach out to you but yeah thank you for for sharing uh what you're working on and and maybe in another month or so we'll come back and uh, do this again and and talk a little bit more shop when we have more time
1: yeah i'd like that that'd be
0: good fun awesome well thanks for joining we'll we'll uh, talk with you later cheers take care all right